Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammerton. My name is Phil Whelans, and uh, yesterday I was up in the northeast of England uh, trying for the world altitude record whilst watching 22 tiny colourful specks uh, move around in a kind of Brownian motion. Uh, it was as if I was watching uh, through a microscope uh, 11 claret and blue microbes, uh, antibodies, if you will, defeating 11 uh, black and white products of the unholy union between man and bat. Uh, I was in reality watching West Ham United, uh, the Hams play Newca Newcastle United, the Nukes up at St. James's Park. Um, here to talk about that uh, will be uh, Mark Sandell and Jim Grant. But first of all, football is back and nothing goes with football quite like beer. Uh, it is a union comparable to Laurel and Hardy or Morecambe and Wise. And uh, Beer 52, uh, to commemorate the return of football, are generously offering free beer. Free beer. That's what I said to you whilst watching your team from the comfort of your home. They're offering eight craft beers sourced and curated uh, from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash West Ham. That's www.beer5, the number five, two, the number two, dot com forward slash West Ham and just cover the £5.95 for the postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every month. Every month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, beer from South Africa, Korea, and all over the USA and Europe. So if a dark beer or, or stout isn't your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty sack. Don't worry, though, if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account anytime. Just go to beer52beer52.com forward slash West Ham to get your first case of eight beers for £5.95. That's beer52.com forward slash West Ham. Now, here joining me on Stop Hammer Time are, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. 
Jim, we drove back from uh, Newcastle today, didn't we? Yes, yes. Okay, just a long, yes. long, the, the long, the long trip. Long, Listening long trip. to England's debacle at Lords. At the cricket, the did they eventually lose that? Yes, they did. Oh, yes. 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 Now, uh, up there in the northeast yesterday, we met our good friend Mark Sandell. Hello, Mark. Good evening, Phil. Good evening, Jim. Did you get oh, back, yeah. get back all right? When did you come back? Uh, I came back this morning as well uh, because it seemed fitting to stay and enjoy that. Uh, That's right. To stay, to stay in the region. Um, we went that. to the uh, Tyneside uh, Irish Centre after the game last night and we sang rebel songs until the sun came up. Um, uh, the old triangle, we sang that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's no, nay, never. God bless the Pope, no name, never, no more. <laughs> we sang that until Jim accidentally dropped his accordion down the toilet. And, uh, and then we had to stop. And uh, uh, I, yeah, inhaled, I inhaled my penny whistle accidentally. And uh, uh, now yeah. it's inside my lungs. I hope you make that your, your regular um, pre-match um, drinking place for, um, because it is fabulous. I've been going there for years because of Kevin. Oh, it's it, great. It's just fabulous, isn't it? And it reminds me of the Black Lion in terms of the fact that away fans are welcome. You know, it's yeah. it's not a problem. Yeah. You know, but it's yeah. but it, yeah. but it's but it's not one you're going to get hundreds in. But you know, the, and the, the I think the banter's great and it's yep. very convenient. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. It yeah. was yeah. terrific. It was terrific. Really good, proper football folk in there, and uh, yeah, and three quid a pint. Bloody hell! Three quid a pint. Absolutely. Literally half the price of our designer pint in Hackney Wick the other week, Philip. Yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, and uh, and of course we went there after a uh, very successful outcome in the game of football we watched. Oh yes. Uh, what did we make of it, Mark? What do you think? Well, I've uh, that's the very first time I've seen West Ham win at St James's Park. Uh, but I've gone a good few times. I think it's sort of 12, 13 times I think I've been up there. Over, spread over a long period of time, never seen us win. And to be honest, when we conceded that goal early on, I thought, here we go again. In fact, maybe it is me. Maybe it's just me yes. being present. Yeah, uh, She does it. And it did seem a bit of a shame because those first couple of minutes, we were really good, I thought. You know, that's a yeah. And I wasn't expecting the, the sort of sucker punch in that way. So, yeah, that was that was a blow to concede as early as that. And, you know, in you know, it, it, it had to be sort of Callum Wilson, really, didn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. And, it, and if it wasn't him, it would probably John Joe Shelby, who thankfully had his worst game, I think, ever against us, uh, which helped. But anyway, in, in a nutshell, Phil, since you asked the question, I really rather enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, Jim, what did you make of it all? Um, yeah, but, I mean, I, it was... It was Wonderful to be back amongst the full, uh, you know, and full blooded. Oh, away yeah, yeah, support. that as well. Yeah, the way support was magnificent. Um, even though you know it was a shocker to go, uh, go down, we did the kind of visceral roar when Wilson scored was something it was, you know, to be back in a football stadium to have that kind of you know, to all that that kind of vibration through your soul was uh was really wonderful um yeah. um uh and it was a terrific in the end ultimately a terrific performance we can talk i think we should you know break it down a bit and get get onto some of the defensive yeah, uh, inadequacy uh yeah. later but let's accentuate the positive and say it was a terrific fight back that we, we actually did play well in the first yeah half. absolutely i mean I, stuff, I, um... you know yeah. It wasn't a bad first half. But there's also uh, an aspect of it that, that you know, in a sense, I uh, we saw last season um, 
when I saw during the during the Euros, those England games in in the especially the group stage, I sort of felt like um, when a cat starts playing with like the reflection of the light from off your watch. What I was watching in the group stage is I was enjoying, but I didn't quite know what it was. And um, in those early stages, we, we, you know, I couldn't even decide if we were playing well in those games where the first, you know, the first game in that group stage, we, we beat, uh, was it Croatia or the Czech Republic? Czech, uh, the Czechs, uh, 1-0. And I was like, yeah, we sort of played okay. But, you know, we got three points and then we got uh, one point and then we got another three points um, without ever seeming to play great. And of course, that's what West Ham sort of did last season. There were quite a lot of games like uh, the uh, Sheffield United where we won one nil, Fulham we won one nil without playing all that well. And um, I think this was actually kind of slightly bewildering to a lot of to a lot of fans. And um, but I think that that's you know I bet a lot of games were like that in Arsenal's invincible season and you know Manchester City's one hundred and one hundred point season. You know they win, but they don't necessarily play well to win. What they do is get past the other team. And, you know, Moyes often in post-match interviews was sort of saying this team doesn't know when it's beaten. And one thing we saw was that they would, when it was nil-nil or even, you know, one-nil against, we would stay in the match for 90 minutes and stay alive. And this in a way resembled that because what I think we saw yesterday did seem to be a little bit of rust and it's arguable that in certain respects, especially defensively, we were sort of not playing that great in the first half. You know, defensively, I'd say in spades, we we clearly were sort of not playing that well. I would agree with that. In fact, in fact, we, 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 there were a few comments quite the way through it about how tired players looked. And it was yeah. it sort of had the feel of a game played in April. Um, you know, and I appreciate that's the shortened and the Euros and people coming back and... I know there's a logical reason for it. And in some respects, that may have contributed to the fact that it was tremendously entertaining from that point of view. You know, that there were there were some sectors. Your defensive thing, though, absolutely right. When you look at when Sam Maximum turns Declan Rice uh, several times, and fair enough, that's going to happen. Sam Maximum cannot shoot from there. The only thing he can do is cross. And the fact that we weren't prepared for a cross, I thought was was really poor. I mean, there, there are several poor things going on. I mean, I think you could pick out individuals, but as a, as a team, and particularly in the first half, we defended badly. Um, uh, Cresswell is in no man's land. He's really got to go with Rice and double up on Sam Maximan. He's got time to do that. Uh, or he's got to drop back and pick up a man. He, he's, he's just standing there, you know, not doing anything. Um, uh, Dawson initially... He, because when they first think the cross is going to come in, Dawson is well positioned and he's looking uh, and he's got um, uh, Wilson, you know, he knows where he is. But Wilson, it's really clever, good centre-forward play uh, as well. I mean, as well as Paul Pizzer defending, Wilson does really well because he, he goes round the back of uh, and gets in between Soufal and, and Dawson in the end, yeah. rendering sort of off Bonner redundant. Um, uh so, you know, it, 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 there's too much ball watching. There's not enough. Uh, you need to double up on, on, on. And for the rest of the game, virtually, whenever they could, they doubled up on Sam Maximan, didn't they? And yeah. also, I felt he, he, he started picking up the ball deeper and deeper as the game went on and therefore becoming a little bit less 
less effective um, for, for that reason. So there are, you know, there's a degree to which we put some of those things right. I think in many ways, the second goal was was worse as a piece of team defending because um, there's, this, you know, it's a series of people failing to just put oh, their absolutely. foot through it and clear their lines, you know, yeah. and just, we, you know, we just, uh, and, and uh, massive static ball watching is that there's no way Murphy should get, get his head to that as that no. comes in. Um, Sorry, Mark, could... what were you about to say? Well, it's only because, only just picking up on what you said about Sam Maximum, it was almost like uh, he and Rice kind of almost swapped positions because Sam Maximum started off on fire, as he so often does against us, and Declan yeah. Rice, let's be fair, by his very high standards, that wasn't a great first half. The second half, Declan Rice ran the second half. Yes. And it, and it was demonstrated in that cameo moment when he robbed Sam Maximum to set up for the goal. Yeah. It was almost like as if to say, right, I've, I've taken you, I've got your crown now. You know, it's... Yeah. You know, I'm the man now. He took he took charge of that mid that that midfield. I thought it was just yeah. interesting how one waned and the other grew in confidence yeah. as yeah. the game went on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if there's any sort of... sort of consolation, we really can kind of identify what happened with both the goals they scored against us. And in a way, they were just both failures to clear our lines. Uh, the although there was a long passage of play, the first one did come from uh, a throw in near our dead ball yeah. line. Yeah, and yeah. I always, whenever I've sort of seen you know us get a throw in near uh the byline i i always kind of think uh, i always kind of think um it's almost penalizing you rather than being you know it's because they close you down don't they like when they close i mean that wasn't a throw in but they closed scaloni down in the 2006 cup final getting a throw in there the other team just knows to close you down i think it's dreadful getting a throw in near your own line and we did fail to sort of Clear that. And then the second was just clearing our lines. Tackles went in, Bowen put a tackle in, but the ball came out to them. No one was yeah. alive when yeah. Bowen dispossessed the Newcastle player. No one was alive to jump in and collect the ball. So it just went to another Newcastle player and until um, eventually they scored. Yes. Um, they were, of course, similarly at fault for Ben Rama's goal. They'll look at that in exactly the same way. Yes, part. absolutely. Um, but I mean, the, the, the cameo of what you were describing, uh, Mark, was 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 in the build up to that goal when um, you know De- Declan Rice just, just just nicked the ball off to Maximan, you know, just got got, got his foot. In. That was that moment. That was almost that pivotal moment that you described yeah. the swapping over of who was who was top dog in the game. And it was brilliant to see Rice kind of just take the yeah. game by the scruff of the neck and sort of say, "Well, look, I'm not having this." And he starts when he's playing at his best. He he, he makes those driving runs into space, doesn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we'll carry on with this after this message. Welcome back. Uh, yes, yes, very much a game of two halves. Uh, and uh, sorry, Jim, you were saying. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, you know when Rice is at his best, when he's making, you know, he sees space in front of him and drives uh, drives into that space. He, you know, he's uh, he's fantastic at doing that. Oh. And I thought our attacking play, yeah, throughout the game was was fantastic. Antonio was superb. Bowen and Fornaus, I thought, were 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 brilliant. Uh, and Ben Rama really grew into that game. Um, and I hope that goal gives him, you know, the confidence to yeah. to, to really grow into that number ten role because I think that's his best 
position rather than out wide. I think. Well, just just one more little note on the defensive aspects, though. There was a kind of, you know, certainly in social media, uh, I think because when people think of defence, they think about the central defenders. So there was a lot of, you know, we thought, we felt that a Bonner seemed a little rusty and a little bit not quite at the races. I thought Dawson was all right. But one thing we noticed was that Stufal had possibly one of his worst games for us. Yeah, he, he, he was he, he was rusty. Rusty. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I, I think that's true. Uh, Bonner definitely. Uh, and and uh, uh, Sufal, yeah, would, you know, uh, again, got better, I thought. But, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know, and you can. It's understandable, isn't it? They, they've had they've had incredibly long uh, periods where they've they've they've, they've been playing football nonstop and, yeah. and not that long off, really. So uh, we, we can we need, allow them to be a bit. Rusty, we need to give Suchek a lot of credit as well because the I mean, who you know, as we know, it always runs about seven and a half miles further than the next longest distance by another player. But he yeah. he by his discipline, he was he allowed Declan to do to take hold of that second half, didn't he? I mean, he you did. know, by, by holding yeah. his position, by saying, look, listen, off you go. They know each other so well now, you know, that that it was it was fantastic. And also every time I see Declan Rice doing that, it was reminds me of the kind of keyboard warriors who would say things like, what exactly does Declan Rice do? No. Yeah. Well, you know, and if you haven't if you didn't watch any of the Euros, have a watch of that game. That's what he does. You yeah, know, yeah, and it was he changed the game. Um, my mate Kev, who you met yesterday, you, you know Kev, yes. yeah, the Sports Association. He said in the end, the game came down to in the middle of the park, your players were far better than ours, and that and that's really what he. Yeah, that we, was yeah, the, yeah. the selling point, you know. Yeah, but I, I, it was interesting. You know, obviously you get you have this weird vertiginous perspective on the game at, uh, at Newcastle, and it is occasionally um, uh, good to see it from that angle as it were having watched it on zoom and television for for the whole last season and our our seats are at the um at the london stadium are, are you know are lower tier and quite so you see the game from quite a, a shallow angle and it's good to see the patterns in the play from that high and what impressed me both halves really although you know we did get better what impressed me so much was the movement and the angles and the work, the running off the ball and the and the and, and the angles of the passing that um, you know that the the, um, the final goal, which was an utter thing of beauty, it, it reminiscent of a we we are we're not we're scoring quite a few goals like that it, uh, uh, that that quick break those those um, defence splitting passes Bowen's ball over, looped ball over the top for Ben Rama at the start of that move Antonio yeah. having won the ball and then sprinting you know, 70 yards to get on the end of it. And then Ben Rama's slide rule pass to him and the finish. You know, it's terrific football. It and really it was, is. Again, it was um, also a, a, a great tribute to Mikel Antonio's attitude. I love the way that a player can bounce back. He's hit the post when he really should have scored. He's had a penalty. All right, OK, we've converted it. But he still had a penalty save. And he scores a goal with that level of confidence. I know he's never been short of confidence, which is one of the things we absolutely love about him. And also, by the way, when he substituted, I did like his ridiculously slow walk around our end. So he could, yeah. yeah, it was great. So, he, <laughs> so yeah. we could really get every last drop of applause. You know, it was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah it, was, it, was, it, was, it was terrific. And, and he yeah, stayed yeah. fit. He stayed fit. He didn't come off because yeah. he was injured. No, it's He right. came off because he needed a rest, which was great. Yeah. 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 It's and funny how actually, for another game. You know, 
we'll, we'll sort of come on to this because I suppose it, we're talking about kind of potential acquisitions, but the substitutions were um, for like a lot of the players that had run around less. There were no substitutions for until very late for Antonio and Suchek didn't get one at all. And, um, you know, um, Bowen quite often comes off sort of early when he actually looks like he's fine and, you know, could stay out there. But um, that's, you know, due to the players, we've got to replace other players in their, you know, equivalent positions. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, no, the, the attacking Sorry, play is good, isn't it? And I mean, there's a sort of like, sometimes this even, you know, I think, I think finally we've probably shaken off criticism from our own fans that somehow Moyes is doer and pragmatic because what we do when we get the ball and hit them on the break is, uh, you know, it's, as you say, a thing of beauty. We really move it quickly. The movement off the ball, running channels, making space, pulling defenders away, all of those things that, that our attacking players, Bowen, Fornals, Ben Rama, Suchek do, Antonio, obviously, um, really, really help. Interestingly, yeah. some of the some of the Newcastle fans afterwards were were raving about Bowen, and the word you used, Jim, before we started recording, you, you said underrated about Bowen, didn't you? Because in, yes, when you when you list those kind of more glittery players, and you know there there is another player, and you look around that team, and again, I was with um, Liam and Sean Tyrrell from the Trans Pennine um, Irons or Trans Pennine Hammers, and they they were there, and they obviously go to an awful lot of the um, uh, you know of the away games. And you look down that pitch, and you're right, Jim, from that angle. And you look at you look at our team. We've got a lot of leaders in our team. We've got mm. a lot of people who are willing to step up. We've got an awful lot of grafters, and that doesn't mean they're, they're without skill, because often when you say grafter, it's damning with faint praise. There are leaders and so many players who give 100%. And I know that's a lot down to Moyes in the back room and how much he's improved uh, players. But we, there have been times we've watched West Ham teams we haven't had a single leader. No, you no. Know, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you look at that and you think there are people willing to take responsibility. And when we went a goal down, the heads didn't drop. It wasn't here we go again. And again, I've seen West Ham teams come out of St. James's Park and they're beaten as soon as they hear the noise. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, it was really interesting that the two players he bought in, in season 1920 to begin the task of trying to keep us up were uh, Bowen and Suchek, who, uh, apart from all the rest of their qualities, are both... Uh, very confident. The great thing about Bowen is that he never really assumes that he's going to do something badly. He sort of backs himself. In a sense, Ben Rama is possibly more of a confidence player. Ben Rama does sort of need to find his way into the game. He does probably need an arm around his shoulder. He does sometimes, you know, um, sort of, you know, make mistakes through indecision. Uh, Bowen's not like that. Bowen is a really, really straight ahead, enjoys playing football. Everything he does, he intended to do. Very little panic. And if he screws up, he owns that mistake, you know. And uh, Suchek's the same. Suchek is just, you know, he plays football and that's kind of, you know, that's the extent of what he does. And he probably did exactly for us what he did for Slavia Prague. And in fact, we saw him play for the Czech Republic and it was the same. It's the same with Kufel as well. They look like players who are in no doubt how lucky they are that their skill and hard work has, has got them to a position where they get, they play football every week. You know, yeah. they look yeah. like they have, yeah. they really acknowledge, you know, this is, this is great. I love doing this. But yeah, we stayed in the game, you know, for the entirety of it yesterday. And, uh, you know, there was um, the, quite a lot of the punditry focused on, you know, the seeming 
enormous slice of luck upon which the entire game turned, <laughs> which was that penalty shout. And uh, I've got to say, I don't, you know, it's, it's a little unfair. I mean, I, you know, I hate... I think there are too many penalties given, and maybe that will change this season with uh, the sort of the the tinkering with uh, the the officiating that they're doing. Because uh, I thought, you know, the last couple of seasons there have just been too many penalties, and penalties change games. But yesterday's penalty, I didn't think was the absolute travesty that they sort of said it was. Oh. It was a, you know, for a start, I thought that. Um, the Newcastle player Murphy, it was exactly what happens in the middle of the park when, because the ball came off his knee, got away from him, and he lunged. And in the middle of the park, those are very often blown up for. You yeah, know, the player doesn't bit... get sent off or stuff. But, you know, when, you know, like Gascoigne in 91, the ball gets away from them, so they sort of lunge to try and get it back. And, yes. um, and I it think was a bit that... of a kind of scissor tackle. You know, he's, he, he does get the ball with, with, with one foot, but he also catches Fournals from behind at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, you know, yeah, and, slightly and, soft, but, yeah, but not... Not I, a travesty. I agree. With you. Sometimes it's the, it's the look of it's the look of a thing. I know we're half a mile above it, but the fact is, it immediately looked like a penalty. Absolutely, it did, it did not look like a dive. It, no. There was obviously clearly no intention in it, and it's the kind of thing that had that gone against us when we'd seen that, we'd have gone, "Yeah, that looks like a penalty." It just looks it, like a penalty. It's weird. One of the pieces of punditry almost says, "You know." you can tell Fornals is faking because he immediately gets up and tries to score the goal. That doesn't happen when someone is faking for a penalty. They roll around on the ground and don't get up. Yeah. And it's, are, it and are really, outraged when they yeah, don't get it. It looks yeah. really clear from our vantage point that Fornals hit a solid ob- object and went over it. You know, yeah. his his yeah. momentum was taken away from them. They're sort of going, oh, his arms go up in the air like he's diving theatrically. And whether or not well, that's true, it definitely looks like he runs into something that trips him up. And yeah. the fact that he does get up and try to carry on shows that he's not, he's not, you know, trying to buy it. You know, no, totally, totally. Steve yeah, Bruce's point, point seemed to be that he wanted the ref to go and have a look at the screen, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah. the reason, as I understand it, they get asked to go and look at the screen is they say, listen, it's quite a close one, this. You probably need to go and have a look at it. Yeah. Because if it's a clear error, then they will overrule it. Yeah. They obviously decided it wasn't a clear error. It wasn't, a, you know, it didn't have to be no. overturned. And, you know, the only thing I would say, both the VR decisions seem to take quite a long time. I thought I'd watch Match of the Day the night before, and it seemed to be yeah. this was this new whirlwind world of VAR now, where within three seconds it's, it's done. I mean, we did yeah. have to we did have to wait around for both of them, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I also, I think with the penalty in particular, um, you know, it, you're, if you're taking a penalty, having to wait for that for that time, um, it, you know, it, it doesn't help. I don't think, um, but yeah. I, you know, I think you're right for about the fact that it, you know too much is made of it. Really, we got the fourth goal, penalty or no penalty, we were going to win that game, and we were much the better team, particularly second half. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think in general play, apart from the defensive errors, we were probably you know uh, better than them first half. To be honest, nine shots on target to their three in the game. It's pretty conclusive. Yeah, it, um, it did feel a little bit flattering to them to the, for them to go into one up at half time. It really did. totally, completely. Yeah. But you know, yeah. we we gifted them the goals, didn't we? You know, um, 
I mean, I, I would say, just coming back to the point about the substitutions and the fact that Mike Moise didn't want to make them because we were playing so well and dis- disrupting the rhythm and so on. But it really does, it does make you come back to the point that the squad is thin, that we can't keep on, particularly when we get into Thursday, Sunday football later on in the autumn. We can't keep on with just this, you know, that, no. that team. No. Um, defensively, it's got, it does need... It, personnel improvements it seems to me um yeah yeah you know i i like dawson and i think dawson's done a fantastic job since he came but you ideally he's your number three or four center back he's not your starting first choice center back um he's good he's good sort of dependable squad you know backup um good to come in for a few games maybe playing playing the league cup games or something uh, i think if we have to rely on from the entire season the weaknesses and flaws that led to him being, you know, a bit dodgy for for, uh, for Watford and whatnot will, you know, West Brom will emerge, won't they? You know, um, yeah. over over a period of time. Mm. Um, Diop, I think, is still a work in progress, and for the same reason, ideally, he's 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 learning his trade. He's still relatively young, not the perfect starting. You know, I I, I feel we have to improve at centre-back. And Ogbon is not getting any younger. Um, no, no. So, I mean, I, you know, Diop was brilliant in the Pellegrini season in which we finished Yes, 10th. he was. And, and I think he, you know, I think it's all there. It can't have, it can't have sort of drained away from him because he's still no. so young. It's not like he's, Diop sort of was good, but is now over the hill. It, it feels like, you know, he's the same man and hasn't, you know, had a sort of serious injury or anything. So he should be capable of returning. And I think he does look good, you know, in those sort of pre-season games against Atalanta, I thought he looked good. And, um, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think a sort of, you know, like you said, Jim, didn't you, that, that, that Fiorentina deal, you sort of feel that that might still be alive for that guy. And if something like I that did so. go through, something like that did go through and that guy is, you know, what people seem to suggest he is, that would probably be a very good thing. But then we, because then we would have probably enough central defenders for, for the season. And, um, you know, there would be a kind of linchpin one to, to you know, really hang our hat on. We need a bit of pace. You've got to have one of them in there that's got a bit of pace because at the moment the whole of the back four is too slow. And I include Tufal in that to a certain extent. Mm. Um, there's, there's, uh, there was renewed talk about Zuma today. And again, it's just talk, obviously. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he's, uh, he's quicker. Um, and uh, it seems that Jesse Lingard has also been, you know, again, purely talk, you know, it may neither happen, but you could see if you're Jesse Lingard watching Man United on Saturday and saying, um, you know, they've they've romped uh, 5-1 over Leeds and Man United can afford to bring Sancho and Martial off the bench, yeah. which, must have, which must have pleased Bielsa when he saw that, you know, look, we'll just, we just pop these two on, shall we? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it's hard to know. And it, Solskjaer very, was asked, wasn't he, at the press conference, about, um, you know, look, and you've still got Rashford to come back and, you know, yeah. and he's fit and all that kind of thing. And he specifically mentioned, and don't forget Jesse Lingard. Yeah. So I think it was an attempt to kind of say, listen, you're still part of it. But I think if you're Jesse Lingard, you might be looking at it and think, well, what? Got, he's not going to get a kick, is he? And no. he's going to be he's going to be in the League Cup team and that's about it, you know. Um, but, but if he was to yeah. come back, does that is that difficult then for Ben Rama, who we think is... 
you know, really emerging. That's presu- that's more logical, isn't it? Well, that's where he would go if you if you're not going to bring Jesse Lingard in, if you're not going to play him, would you? It's really going to be sort of. Bowen or Ben Rama, isn't it? I think that's sort of what it was last season. I think it was it was really, you know, displacing either either one of those two. That was the rotation. I think Fornals sort of has just played his way into playing every week. You know, he was brilliant against Atalanta. He was just great. Need, you know, you just need depth in those positions. You know, you don't yeah. really want to. Uh, get an injury or, or you know, you get to a point where you're trying to play Thursday, Sunday and, and they're all just getting knackered and the performance starts to drop off because of it. You mm-hmm. do need more than, <laughs> you know, an exact 11 of, of first team quality yeah. players. If you're, um, if you're serious about, you know, regularly contesting uh, for European places and if you're going to make a challenge in, you know, I think we said this last week, you know, I, I want us to have a go at, to win to win cups that's our only chance of winning silverware and if 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 our whole um you know if if everything is just predicated on on staying sort of you know in reason in the top half of the of the premier league table but we have to make all these other sacrifices and trying to have a go in cups and so on and not taking europe seriously in order to do that um you know i think i I, we're going to go nowhere I mean that that is the recipe for then good players not not wanting to come to you, your best better players seeking you know more ambitious uh, clubs elsewhere. You know if we can prove to players you know good players like Suchek and Lysenko that we are ambitious, we want to go places, then you've you've got to build the squad to to, to one where you know um, yeah. to an extent where you know you can rest people, you know you can rotate. You know. Well, if you can bring players. Sorry, sorry, Mark. No, I beg your pardon. Sorry, I was going to say, but if you are going to, bring, you're right. You've got to show that ambition and bring people in. I would have thought if you are going to bring people in, they would want to know that Declan Rice is sticking around. My, there was an article in the Athletic about Aston Villa that when they strengthened their team before they sold Grealish, the the implication of the article was that the those players, Wendy, and when they came in, were were told come and be part of this exciting new Villa side. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is and and if we bring you in, it will show our ambition to Grealish, and you know there's much more of a chance of sticking him out. Then he goes, we, you know, because and and you're right, that is you know we, we can't do everything. In the end, we're going to lose Declan Rice at some stage, but it'd yeah. be lovely if we could create something that was so good for him that would actually think I might, you know, I'm going to think about this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that said, we, you know, we don't have um, limitlessly deep pockets. And, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of impatience this transfer window. And it is very sort of obvious that we're the only team that, apart from a lone backup goalkeeper, hasn't done any business yet. Uh, However, you know, Jim, you were saying that that it's in Moyes' sort of... uh, track record that he often makes moves quite late in the day obviously you know when when the season has begun uh things have shaken out to quite a degree so it's quite clear that a lot of the teams that have wanted all their transfers to be in place before the season begins it then becomes apparent who hasn't moved and someone who hasn't moved is obviously Jesse Lingard who there may well be by the 
close of the transfer window at the end of this month, we might get him on deadline day and it might be for another loan or, you know, which might be a favourable situation for us, you know, if we haven't got all of our loans. Similarly, central defenders and forwards, you know, at the end of the transfer window, they still haven't gone anywhere and we can sort of complete that bit of business. And and I think certainly, you know, as we've said, a central defender would be great, uh, some sort of backup for... Um, Suchek and Rice would be great. Clearly, you know, another striker, um, you know, is sort of vital. Though, you know, again, we sort of observed that, you know, Jim going up in the car, we were talking about, you know, this, this, the sort of modern phenomenon of these forwards that are sort of not out and out sort of striker type centre forwards. The bunch that went to the World Cup, really only two of them, Kane and Calvert-Lewin, were like centre forwards. The rest were all interchangeable attacking midfielders. Graylish, Saka, Mount, you know, uh, yeah. Foden, Raheem Sterling. They're all those guys that are not strikers. They're attacking midfielders. If They used to be called attacking midfielders, didn't they? And they might still be called that. But, you know, we we had that. We, you know, we, we scored four goals and three of them were scored by Antonio Suchek and Ben Rama doing what those guys are supposed to do. You know, you want what, what Manchester City have is not like one or two guys that get 20 plus a season. What they have is like seven or eight guys that get maybe nine a season. And um, maybe that's what we're looking for. But it, it's it feels worrying to just go, yeah, we sort of like another guy like Bowen would be brilliant or another guy like Ben Rama. It sort of feels like, you're flirting with danger, not getting Definitely. a man who kicks the ball into a net with huge frequency, you know, which it, is it, why someone like Callum Wilson or Danny Ings, you feel like, are we really going to start a season without someone like that? You know? Yeah. I, 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 you just, it's, well, I mean, I, you know, it will be horrifying if, if we do and very depressing, I think, um, but, in spite of all the good football that's being played and, the fact that this team, you know, is is uh, I'm more excited by this team than I have been, you know, in in donkey's years. Um, but I, I, you know, I think we we have to show some ambition. It's it's inconceivable that we'll go into the season with Antonio as the only, as it were, recognised. I know Boeing can play there, but you know he he can't fulfil the same role that Antonio does. So you've got to have someone who's going to step because you know that Antonio is not going to play. No, that's right. Tie. It's ridiculous to imagine that he is going to play. In yeah, I mean, he gets those those muscle injuries. So you know, and uh, you know, City, you know, sometimes do play with this kind of false nine idea, but it doesn't seem like Moyes wants to do that or does that because no. it's normally three guys behind Antonio, and there is someone, there is someone up front. Who who is the kind of spearhead? There isn't that sort of force nine idea. We don't play like that, you know. And the only alternative is to play like that if we don't, if we can't keep Antonio fit for every minute of every game, which of course history shows us is incredibly unlikely as as yeah. an injury prone footballer. Yeah, yeah. He has, but knowing that situation, he has brought in Ocoflex and Nevers, hasn't he? Who, who yes. 
who, as I understand it, and we just, in fact, Jim, you were watching the under 23s, weren't you? And yes, Oke Flex scored, didn't he? The, the uh, uh, t- uh, twice, I think, possibly. Well, um, yeah, I mean, yes, we've been playing Arsenal in Premier League two this evening and have won 6 1. Wow. Um, yeah, in a team which included Yarmolenko, Lanzini, Masuaku, and <laughs> Coventry. <laughs> wow. No, so, quite good. a strong team. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, Oco Flex looked, looked, look. I mean, we absolutely, second half, we absolutely marmalised them. Uh, right, they looked right. dreadful for Arsenal. Um, the, the transfer window thing, though, I think you can look at the Moyes situation in that respect in two ways. One is that he is uh, cautious. And as you said, Jim, he sometimes doesn't move until the last minute, you know, and, yep. you know, he'll do the, he'll consider the business and do it. You know, and that's fair enough. You know, that's and the other is that he is holding firm. You know, he's saying, mm. you know, my record is pretty damn good in the transfer market. It's really good uh, since I've been back here. And I'm not going to bring in someone because that seems to be a good name or someone you've heard of or someone no. I've got to change the way that I play. And I think his record at the moment is, we talked about it on the podcast last season, is kind of, okay, if that's right for David Moyes, funny enough, we've got to go along with you, mate, because... Your record is superb. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. time time is our enemy at the moment, um, uh, and we have to wrap this up. Uh, but we'll continue this uh, conversation sort of uh, next week because it's ongoing and the transfer window is still currently open. Our next game uh, is Leicester. Who uh, they got off to a win this this weekend. Uh, it's next Monday, isn't it? It's at home. Um, what do we think that holds for us? Um, we're becoming a little bit of a bogey team for them. Yes, we? we are. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I think we're full of confidence coming off the preseason and that performance. Um, you worry a little bit, as I say, about the defence and the fact that they have got some pace going forward um, in Vardy and Ian Acho. Um, but... I think you know. I think with the, I, I think the crowd will get behind them, and uh, you know, I, I'm. I, I think we'll score. You know, optimistic. The, the, there's goals in the team. There's always goals in the team. So, mm. um, you know, they've had they've had one or two problems in defence. Leicester, haven't they? They've, they've lost um, uh, Fafana. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, I fancy us to to to, to win that two one. If there's an opportunity to try and begin to establish the, the our bowl of a stadium into something that you know is is going to give us a vibe, you know, it's a Monday, it's an evening kickoff, it's a late kickoff, it's about nine o'clock or something, isn't it? So it's an it's an evening kickoff. Yeah. It's it, it's a uh, it's we've just come off the back of a win. We haven't been in the ground all of us for eighteen no. months. Um, we, you know, we, we finished six. We're going to be in the Europa League. Um, and we're playing a really good side who, you know, Vardy always winds us up anyway. You know, if th- this could be an opportunity to create a kind of a new night, couldn't it? But they're really good, yeah. you know, the place jumping. I mean, I certainly felt the West the West Ham fans, I just think one quick word, I thought the fans were brilliant uh, yesterday. Yeah. I thought yeah. they, they never stopped, albeit only took three minutes to get the F off Golden Sully chant going that, that yeah, quite yeah. early after they scored. But actually, yeah. we didn't shut up. I, mean, I noticed some on Twitter, a lot of Newcastle fans were giving us, you know, props to sort of say, look, fair play. They they were really good throughout. And it was this sense of kind of, we're here, we're back, we've got something to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. I just think if we can we can channel some of that on Monday night, it's yeah. nice it to was make a that place hostile. 
It was a one-all uh, weekday match that sort of helped slightly turn the corner in. Um, is it Moyes after Bilic or Moyes after Pellegrini? You know, I think we uh, one no, of those. Bilic, two, I think. No, yeah, after Bilic one of those had... two times we, you know, after really sort of being kind of rock bottom, and it took it took Moyes a little while to sort of sort the team out. You know, we went to the first Moyes game after Billich, and that was a defeat up at Watford. And then, then I think we got a one all on something like a Monday or a Friday. It was a, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, a possibly a midweek game against Leicester. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and, and it sort yeah, of turned the corner. Noisy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, I think our record against them has got better in the last few years, you know, and uh, yeah, me too. Score, Mark, what do you think? Uh, I, I think we were in that. Uh, Jim, did you, what did you say? Did you say? I had 2 1. Oh, uh, it's gone already. I can't have yeah. that, can I? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to go 2 0. 2 0. Oh, nice. Um, I'm going to say 3 2. Exciting. Exciting. Three two, um, yeah, you know our. I mean, obviously, defensively, we were really good last season. Sort of, uh, um, you felt that a team that is a little bit of a, especially since their focus is sort of Vardy. You thought if we can just keep him quiet for the whole game, in 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 the way that sometimes our defence has done things like keep Son quiet, you know, and uh, uh, you know we'll do well. Obviously, yesterday that was a little, our confidence in that was a tiny bit rattled. But hopefully, you know they'll they'll you know have a look at themselves after yesterday and go, we got to do better. You know what were our mistakes and shake a bit more of that rust off. You know, I mean, it's obviously it is the beginning of the season and uh, Ogbonna had a little knock, so uh, it was coming back from that as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's also in confidence wise. It was really, really important to get that to get that result yesterday. And yeah. you, you look at all the soul searching that's going on in Newcastle. Look, even the, I picked up the local the journal, and they talked about you know it, uh, when it, when we went four two up. The, the phrase here in one of the columnists is humiliation complete. You know, and yeah. and you know, and I don't think it felt like a humiliation. But you know, no. from their from their point of view, they've lost their vote. They've been, you know, they've conceded four at home in the first game. Pressure's on now. Villa, they've got yeah. there. I think their next game. You know, of course, we we want to continue to do well, but pressures. You know, in three games' time, we're probably still not going to be in the bottom three, even if we don't get any results in the next couple of games. No, exactly. It's just, it's yeah. just that kind of right. A, yeah. bit, a, a bit of forward momentum, momentum is a great feeling. I think. I think momentum all around the club. I actually think you know it's not very often at any level you beat Arsenal six one, and those guys have had a good. Those reserves have had a good run out tonight, mm, mm. Um, and it, that's all part of the kind of riding the wave of of, of positivity that that yeah. is around the club at the moment. And I, yeah. you know, it, it just. If it's a habit, it's that winning habit, isn't it? Yeah, Just you yeah, go absolutely. out, you expect, even if you go a goal down, you still expect to win this game. Absolutely. Um, it will still be better than you, you know. Um, and that, there's, there's, that there is just a kind of an aroma of that about the club at the moment, really. Yeah, yeah. So Confidence. really looking back to being uh, in the stadium a week from today uh, and... Uh, uh, all three of us will be there. Uh, this has been Stop yep. Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans, and uh, with me this week have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Mark Sandell. Good evening. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.